Hey, here we are. Thank you for listening. This is number six podcast, Just Don't Kill Yourself Today. And today we have Rachel Hayden, musician, artist, lovely person. I always like to start my interviews off with such a great opening question. Where were you born? Where was I born? I was born in New York City, Manhattan, um, in 1971. (laughs) Yeah, and you know I'm a triplet, right? Uh, No, I didn't know that. Okay, I'm a triplet, so I have two two sisters. We're all the same age, and um, I'm like two hours older than them. I came out first, um, natural birth, and then my sisters came out cesarean section because they were hugging each other in the womb. So it took it was it took a while for it was a it was a um, sort of a what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a project with the doctors to get them apart. Um, and yeah, and we lived there in New York for like the first four years of my life. And then, then we moved to California. So I, I basically think of myself as a Californian because not only do I have the Californian accent, but, um, I was raised pretty much in in Los Angeles, so so yeah. I'm, I but then every every now and then I go back to New York and I feel I feel the New Yorker in me come out. Like I feel a lot tougher and I walk faster. And there's a New Yorker inside me. You have the like, like double thing about yourself. You can get into that mode. You you become that that environment. You be, you become the environment you're in. Yes. And the word I was looking for was dormant, like the New Yorker is dormant, but it comes out when I'm in New York. It's like the Hulk. It's like, ah, here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're like, here I am. (laughs) Yeah. Get out of my way. So uh, Move, you're walking too slow. Yeah. uh, Oh, yeah. I I had someone tell me that... um, those like the, those like the sleeping people. Those people are the sleeping people. You know, the people are like the. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you did you come from a, a very religious family? Religious? Yeah. Um, no. Um, well, I was raised Jewish, but we weren't very religious. My mom was sort of like, I would I would say she was more of like an atheist Jew, if that makes any sense. Like she, she, we, we were raised Jewish. We celebrated Hanukkah, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah. We were never bat mitzvahed, but, um, we, but we weren't like strictly, you know, Hasidic or anything like that. Like we did go to Hebrew school, but we left Hebrew school, like, we only took Hebrew school for like a year or something. We do. I mean, we celebrate Hanukkah and we we recognize the holidays and and stuff like that. But my mom used to sort of tell us when we were growing up, like God doesn't exist and there's no such thing as 
Santa Claus and when you're when you're dead you die and you're in the ground and there's no such thing as an afterlife and there's no such thing as spirits and you know so I grew up kind of feeling like okay well there's really no nothing spiritual about life like life is just you live and you die you do shit and you die you know <laughs> and um I didn't really learn about any kind of spiritualism except music when music came into my life that that was very spiritual and that's what like lifted me up from the dark feelings of you know sadness <laughs> yeah yeah so when did you you come from a musical family so when did you know when did you when did you start was it just always in the home was it a part of your life all the time my mom and dad were married um, not for very long. They separated eventually um, when we were, I think, about four or five years old, maybe maybe older, like five or six. And but they separated. But he was always he was still around. He he'd come over and hang out and play with us and stuff like that. But but he was a musician, a jazz musician. So he was always out on the road and playing music. And and I always remember him as being this kind of far out kind of strange guy who was kind of quiet but a brilliant musician you know like I would listen to him play and think he was just god and I was I was I remember being very attracted to the piano I really loved the piano and when I when I showed any sort of interest in playing the piano, my dad lit up and said, "Okay, we're going to get you a piano teacher, and and we're going to get you being a pianist, and you're going to be amazing." And and so that that was really encouraging. And so I started playing piano when I was about seven or eight. He did sort of the same thing with my sisters. Patrick expressed interest in playing the violin, and Tanya expressed interest in playing the cello. So. So we kind of all took music lessons at the same time and played trios together. And this was a, at a very young age. And um, and then from there, we would sing a lot. Like we would always just be singing. I, it was it's just something that we did naturally. It was like, you know, like brushing your teeth or something. Like singing was not a big deal to us. Like singing was just like breathing. Did that a lot. And, and I, you know, Fast forward, and when we were in high school, um, people kind of knew that about the triplets, that the triplets were very musical and singing all the time. And we were kind of thought of, you know, like the, the singing the sing, the singing triplets are sort of like the, the that movie, um, the um, you know, the animated movie about the, the triplets, the old ladies. God, what's it called? The Triplets of Belleville. Amazing movie. If you see the triplets of Belleville, that's the story of me and my sisters. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, they would make instruments out of anything they found in their house. Like they, they would make an instrument out of the oven or like the, the refrigerator and like turn. We getting into high school, we started, um, you know, making friends and and a lot of our friends were also musicians because we went to Crossroads High School, which was very arts and music focused. So, um, so there were a lot of musicians and artists. So we just kind of blended into that. Did you enjoy school? Were you a school person? 
I was not. I hated school. I barely graduated. I, when at our graduation, they gave me like a fake diploma because I, I wasn't ready to get my diploma, but they had to fake it, you know, uh-huh. to make it look like I was graduating. But I had to take summer school a bunch of times and I just, I never liked school. And um, I can't really speak for my sisters, but I don't think they liked it very much either. Music was was like a it was like a religion. It was something that you know. Um, there was a book that someone wanted me to read once, and it was about the singing, how uh, it releases all this stuff, and it's really important to. I think the I think I read the first chapter. The first chapter was like get up every day and and sing a song, like just keep singing, and that will help you with whatever difficulties you are having. And yeah, it, it helps me definitely. Um, I just remember being brought up sort of our family was, you know, dysfunctional, like many families are. And I just remember when, when I sang, I felt at peace. I felt like there was no, nothing was wrong. And it feels that way even today. Like when I sing, I'm sort of like, there's no future, there's no past, there's just the, the moment and I'm in this blissful moment like we were talking about earlier um yeah and I could just be me and real and um I never took vocal lessons or anything and I I feel like I'm sort of mad and I know it's not too late I could always take vocal lessons but I just sang since I was a kid and I I don't know I was never trained my voice I was never trained and um, and I feel like if I were to take vocal lessons today, I think I could probably do a lot more with my voice. Like there's a lot more that I feel like I could do. And the fact that I have this fear of like vocal lessons kind of reminded me of school. And I didn't I didn't want to do school. You know, I, yeah. I didn't want to equate singing with school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm an adult now and I know that that's not true. And maybe get out of my comfort zone and have a lesson or two. <laughs> I was listening to you guys did a thing with the who and it was just voices. Yeah, that was Petra. That was amazing. It's amazing. Petra's Petra's a freak. I mean she <laughs> she's just she's like, woo. She's, yeah. yeah, Mike Watt. That was Mike Watt's idea. And he asked Petra to do that. And so he gave her uh, I believe it was a 16 track said, all right, do this, do the who the, record the, the entire album, um, the who sellout. And she said, okay. And she did it. And, um, it was amazing. And she, and she actually got a group of women together to perform it live. And I was actually part of that a few times we got to perform it. And that was really special, like really fun. And I would consider you like you're someone like listening to you sing. Like I think there are people that just they they just have it. Like you were, you know, it's just like it's like some people have a gift. Like they're just they're just great singers. Oh, thank you. You know, I, I was listening. I was like, man, she's an amazing voice. And the funny thing is, I hear oh, and I always hear amazing voice. I'm like, oh, they must take vocal lessons. But then. But that's not, you know, there's people that they just, they have that voice. For you, you're probably doing all yeah. these things correctly. It's just because you, you're freeing yourself. You're, you're, you know, and I, I think what they always say, like, whatever, you know, when you're like learning vocal stuff is like, 
you to just be free and let the voice come out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, I try. That's what I try to to convey. <laughs> uh, so, did you have a very supportive family? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, my dad. He had, he struggles a lot and um, with drugs and stuff like that. And my on my mom's side, they sort of felt like like if you're going to be a musician, then that that means you're gonna you know you might fall into a dark space and and maybe you shouldn't depend on music to for your livelihood. You know, like my grandparents on my mom's side even though they were musicians themselves mm -hmm. they were amazing um i just remember sort of being like um warned you know that if you're going to go into music that it might there might be some dark times ahead and so i mean it, it was supportive and it wasn't like they they liked our music whenever we would record an album and we'd bring it over and they'd listen to it and they were very proud of it. So there's that. But then there was also the the warning of of what could happen in the music industry and how it's messed up and it's you know, life's not fair. Like I, you know, like in the music industry how people rip each other off and publishing and all that stuff. I don't even know how to explain it and um but um, but on my dad's side, it was very like they did it no matter what, even if there was the dark side, and he just they they embraced it, and they just they just were they were the dark side. I mean, they were it was like it was heavy, and um, and you can hear it in in the music. And so I always was conflicted by the dark side and the light side because like the dark side really made me feel creative, but it also sort of um, stifled me a little bit and didn't didn't enable me to sort of grow emotionally, but it let me grow spiritually. And and I I started thinking about well, what's more important in life? Is it spiritual or is it emotional or is it mental or is it you know? And so I just had all those questions going on in my head, and um and I still do. But for now, for right for today, I feel like. What's really important for me is my mental, my mental health and um, my spiritual health before anything. Because if I don't have that, I can't, I can't do anything. Like I can't play music if I'm not spiritually or or um, emotionally okay. Well, that's not true because I've been really fucked up and and I've played and written some good music, but. It's, it's it's hard to I I understand it's it's a place where you're uh you know when you're feeling great and you and you play music and but I think at those dark times playing music can get you out of the darkness it can take you out of the darkness yes they can take you out definitely of the dark and and I always I just remember always wanting to like I had an imaginary friend when I was little and she would torture me. She wasn't like your typical imaginary friend that you would have tea with and, you know, go, go dress up and put lipstick on. You know, it wasn't like that. It was like, it was like she tortured me. She would say like, if you didn't pick up every little piece of dust on the, on the floor, then 
one of your sisters will die, you know, in the morning. And so, like, I would be up all night picking up pieces of dust off the floor and they just, they would say, Rachel, what are you doing? And, you know, but, but like, you know, like later in life, that kind of stuff inspired me to write songs, you know, like I wrote a song about my imaginary friend torturing me and like that, that inspired beauty, you know? So it's, it's hard to have the balance of the, the dark and the light and cause we need the dark and we need the light. And, um, I don't know. There's a song called, um, I think it's a, it's an Oscar Peterson song. It's called Ugly Beauty. I have to look up who wrote Ugly Beauty, but I just, I always, that, that title always like moved me because I just thought, you know, ugly is beautiful and beautiful is ugly. (laughs) You know, when you say that, I always, think of Elliot Smith because he's somebody Mm -hmm. that was ugly and beautiful to me yeah that's that's very um true I you know I I um I worked at the shortstop and I remember that yeah so now 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 I'm trying to remember that maybe I was at the shortstop when I was drinking maybe you were bartending there and I was yeah, yeah. Remember, I, I was with. Uh, were you with a drummer? And uh, I'm friends with Joe Bass, and Joe Bass. Uh, you know, he passed away from cancer. Yes, I was friends with him. And I don't know if you knew the Sunny Day Real Estate guys. Yes. William. Okay. Yeah, because we were. I was really close friends with them. That and. Um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Is it all coming back? It's all it's all coming back. It's all, and then uh, you, you know you know the Greg Dooley. You know the Dooley, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Hector worked a lot with him, but I worked with him on a couple things too. Yeah, but yeah, I I remember him. I hope he's doing well. I haven't heard from him in a while. I I love Greg. He um that man. I mean, I I love him. He's I don't think there's anyone like him. He's yeah yeah. <laughs> He's he's an original. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, were there any like books or mentors or any people that came into your life that help you go, uh, you know, change the path you were on, or you know, have that aha moment, like, ah, oh, oh, okay, all right, I got it, all right. Yeah, I had um, when I was having lots of anxiety attacks and panic attacks in my early teens. Had an English teacher at Crossroads who was amazing. His name was David Koloff, and he—I don't know if he's still teaching, but he was sort of like my mentor and my—he was like my tutor. And I would go see him at a place called the Reading Center, and and I would go there after school and just and he would help me with homework and he'd help me with basically just like schoolwork that I had trouble completing. And then he would also, we'd read um, Shakespeare together. And he, you know, like how Shakespeare is almost, even though it's in English, it's sort of like, it it feels like it's like a a foreign language kind of. And, And he would kind of, we'd read it together and he would translate he would translate the, the the words and the prose to me and 
it it got so it got to the point where I could go home and read Shakespeare and understand it. It was it was really weird. Like it was sort of an aha moment. Like oh my god, I I I my brain can figure things out now. And and he's also taught me about about panic attacks because I had a panic attack in the middle of of a session with him and he he said are you okay because I was breathing really loud and hard and and I said I'm I'm okay I think I'm having an anxiety attack and he said oh that's that's it you're just having an anxiety attack oh that's nothing and then right when he said that I I got completely calm and everything was okay because he was sort of saying that it was that panic attacks are okay, you know, that that they're normal. And because I was feeling sort of like this alien, like like maybe I w- wasn't human or something. And and so he really helped me a lot. And books, all the books I read in, in high school, I loved. I loved um, Frankenstein, Mary Shelley, um interview with a vampire i love sylvia plath i i've read a lot of sylvia plath even though that's very dark but i i loved it and um herman hess i loved um siddhartha i just i loved books like that more of like the like kind of um darker books (laughs) (laughs) that kind of that kind of made me bring me into the light sort of, you know, like, like there's something really dark about, um, um, the metamorphosis, you know, like this kid turning into a beetle in the middle of the night. And, but, but it would, it was so fun. It was just fun to imagine, use my imagination and, and, um, and those, books and authors kind of helped me like use my my imagination a lot so along the way like dealing with uh your anxiety attacks and did you go to a therapist or yes I did I went into therapy when I was about yeah like about 15 or 16 I, I saw a therapist who I hated I didn't like her but I continued to see her because my mom was paying for it and it was the thing I had to do and but I wasn't enjoying it the only time I enjoyed therapy was when I actually wanted to do it for myself and I decided to do it myself I had a couple of really great therapists growing up um just not my first one, but therapy really, I think therapy is so important. I, I see a therapist now and it's just, it makes such a difference. It really, really does. It's important to have someone to talk to and who's not like a family member or a husband or a wife or, you know, it's someone that you can just dump the garbage onto and... <laughs> You know, and I, I, I'm part of Music Cares. I don't know if you have, have you ever been to Music Cares meetings or MAP meetings? Yes, I got, I went to a few meetings there. Um, it's right across, I went right across the street from that really great drum drum shop. Yeah, it was on Vine. Yeah. Street. 
Yeah, um, that's where they, they used to be, and it, it's moved a bunch of times since then. But that's another thing I really love is like process groups, like therapy groups, like group therapy, basically, yeah. which I did a lot of because I went to a lot of rehabs and went through a lot of group therapy and rehab. I, I feel like I should say everyone should go to rehab. It helped me so much. Yeah, it, it's it's great. I remember, um, I remember Jeff Tweedy said the best thing he ever did was go to rehab and yeah yeah i i I love that i never knew that i that's so cool and it's true the the rehab i mean i went five granted i went five times but (laughs) but um and you know knock on wood that's the last time i'll you know i won't go to any any more rehab because first of all it's expensive and um and it's just it's, I, I don't regret going to rehab. Um, it's just, I don't want to spend my life in rehab, you know? And, um, I want to just start living and, and rehab. I don't want to have to, to keep struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling. You know, it's just, it's, it's tiring and, but definitely rehab has helped me a lot. So. so today, do you pray? Do you meditate? It's sort of a new thing, but I do. I I found that um, when I pray, um, things do get better. And I feel clear as my head. And um, But this is only recent. Like, I, I never used to pray and I never used to meditate. And meditating is sort of like like I meditate when I'm I run I go running and I feel like when I'm running and stretching I feel like I'm meditating um and it kind of enables me to to be normal throughout the day like if I if I skip running or if I skip praying more more of the running part if I skip my exercising um I feel stuffed up with shit you know and and when when I run and move moving is important and to me that's sort of like meditation um and praying is when I'm like actually vocalizing out out loud I say the serenity prayer a lot I love the serenity prayer and and it's not only AA stuff, you know, just with, with everything, you know, like any situation that I know I'm not in in control of, I just am like, okay, God, grant me the serenity, you know, yeah. <laughs> and um, and and I do find that it that it works. It it just it's just a matter of of doing it, and um instead of thinking about doing it, but actually doing it. And um, that makes a difference for me. Because I think a lot about a lot of things. I think too much. I think, 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 but I don't do enough. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I, yeah. I, uh, I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like thinking so much that it makes you physically sick. Yes, you know? yes. I hate that. And so when I start, when I'm like, okay, fine, 
God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot like. And when I say it out loud, it's just something's happened. Yeah. You know, so. It grounds you. Yeah. It brings you back to, to like, sanity. Yeah, because you can't do anything when you're, like, overly thinking, da 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 You know, it's like this. To me, it's like a sound like da 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 Like, nothing is yeah. going to, to happen. Nothing is going to move. You have to, like cut that sound do you still feel like you're you're still self-deprecating do you still feel like you're that kind of person yeah i do um like even now i'm thinking god everything i'm saying sounds like i sound like an idiot and and i'm not witty and um i stuttered too much or i said you know or like too much and I just, I'll, I find stuff to criticize about myself all the time. I am very self-deprecating. I know that's not a very attractive um, trait to have because when I, when I'm around people who are the same, who are self-deprecating, I get like, kind of like, oh, come on, just feel good about yourself, you know, like, just yeah. feel good about yourself. So it's like, I try to say that to, to myself, you know, like, it's so easy to feel bad. Why don't you just switch it and just feel good? <laughs> you know, when you hear people say, just talk to your inner child, you know, what would you say to your, to the, your, the little Rachel, right? You know, like, like imagine that your, your five-year-old self is sitting next to you. What would you tell her? You know, and that's the kind of stuff I love about rehab is like the role playing and stuff like that. And family sessions when like parents come or sisters and brothers come and you talk, you talk openly. And it's just, I always thought that was so powerful. Like having my, my younger self sitting next to me and like the self deprecating, like insecure, very sensitive and scared and, that self what would I say to her you know and and I just I don't know I I, I think that's a, a really good exercise do you think getting older do you think life gets easier or do you do you feel I'm 45 and I feel like as I've gotten older I'm not saying everything is like I don't have any problems or anything but things seem to get easier I are I, I, are you don't, I don't hold on to things as tightly as I used to. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be 49 next month. I can't believe it. Happy birthday. And I feel like my life is just starting. I feel freer now and it absolutely has to do with being sober. I feel um, less angry at myself and less angry at the world and, and I just, I feel like enjoying living and, and things, yeah, like you said, things don't bother me so much because I, I just know that I'm not in control of it. And, and I, and I, I hate to be like an AA thumper or whatever you call that, but, but like really the, the, the steps helped me so much. So what are five records you would recommend people to listen to, to get themselves in a better place? Oh boy. Darn, I wish I knew you were going to ask me because then I would have prepared. I'm going to open up my yeah, go ahead. Uh, my my Spotify playlist that I listen to every single night before I go to bed. I listen to the same 
playlist and it's like I'm addicted to it. Right now, I'm obsessed with a band called Lomelda. It's this woman, her name is Hannah Reed, but she, she, her band is called Lomelda. And she's like a singer, songwriter, incredible. She's like in her 20s, early 20s. She's a baby. And she writes these songs that are so moving and so touching and so, so, um, um, like sensitive and, and real. And I, it's like, I burst into tears a lot when I listen to her. So there's that Lomelda. And then I listen to a lot of, there's another guy, another composer named Peter Broderick. He's amazing. He's like a composer and he also works in, in score, like movie scores and stuff like that. I love movie scores. That's, That's another thing that kind of it's like fantasy land like I kind of I feel like I'm in a movie when I'm listening to the soundtrack to something and Peter Broderick I don't know what specific movies he's done but he has a bunch of of music that I found on Spotify that I just kind of add to my playlist um and there's actually one specific song that he wrote called Path to Recovery it's called Peter Broderick who composer um has a song called the path to recovery and it's on spotify and i listen to it every night before i go to bed and then there's another there's another one called part seven the path to recovery and i'm sure it has to do with recovery (laughs) so um and then i'm listening i listen to a lot of super ross i love super ross it just fills me with joy um well, I love Blonde Redhead. Blonde Redhead's one of my... I listen to them every night, too. Um, what else am I listening I listen to a lot of Peter Gabriel. I love Peter Gabriel. Do you have Do you have any pets? I don't, but I want to. I would love to have a dog. I just have to wait a little, lo- a little bit longer, and I'll get one. <laughs> Are you a dog person or a cat person? I'm I'm going to say both. Yeah, me too. I'm going to say both. I, I'm a little bit leaning more towards the dogs. I love dogs. Dogs make me happy. They fill me with joy, but so do cats. Yeah. But they're different. It's just a different energy. I'm a big, I love tortoises. Those tortoises are like my spirit animal. And I sort of grew up with them growing up with my mom. My mom had, um, we had a female and a male tortoise that would mate every year and have little babies. And I just loved how slow they were and how long they lived. And I thought, you know, it's okay to be a slow person because if you're slow, it just means you're going to live to be a lot older than someone who's trying to do things fast. And I have a tattoo of a tortoise shell on my on my left forearm <laughs> what are some things you're really proud of in in your career because i i mean you've you've done a lot of great things i'm thank you um i'm super proud of that dog we've had a lot of bumps in the road um a lot of it having to do with my alcoholism and i addressed that and we're still going i mean COVID 
put a stop to everything musically right now. But that dog is still together, and we we have a new record that we just put out and last year, and we still plan on playing live. But I'm really proud of the album. Um, we worked super, super, super hard on it, and I'm really proud of the albums I've done with my sisters. We did one with Ry Cooter. I mean, how awesome is that to say that you're on an album with Ry Cooter, you know? Yeah. He's like, I mean, Paris, Texas is one of my favorite movies in the world. And, you know, I mean, it's just like, I love Paris, Texas. And I remember when I, when we were talking to Ry, I was like, Ry, can you just, I was calling him Ry. I was like, (laughs) Ry, could you make our album sound like the soundtrack to Paris, Texas? Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. I all do the best I can. You know? But anyways, I'm super proud of that. And I'm really proud of, of the work I did with Jimmy World. And, and I'm proud of everything I've done. You know, I, I feel I've um, accomplished a lot. And when I'm feeling blue or down, I can just, just think about the stuff that I've done and, and I've achieved and I get happier, you know? So it lifts me up knowing that like, like I played with Todd Rundgren, you know, like no, not everyone can say that. (laughs) So, and sometimes I can't believe it. You know, I'm like, I can't believe I played with Todd Rundgren. I mean, that's crazy. That was your, you know, I mean, I mean, that guy, think about it, that guy could get anybody, and he's like, oh, he wanted you. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. It was just so funny how that happened, and I didn't even think of myself as a real, like, I just, I I always say that I just, I pretend to play bass, like, I, because I never took lessons, and I never took theory, and I can't read music, and I explained that to Todd. He's like, oh, that's okay. I don't care. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Didn't you? Did you play with Beck? Yeah, a long, long, long time ago, when before he got big, and we used to jam together, and we'd sing together, and like he'd come over. I was still living at my mom's house in my very early 20s and he would come over to my mom's house and we we would all get together Anna and me and Petra and we would just play music and sing and sometimes record it and sometimes not and yeah so there's that too I mean that was I'm proud of that too that's that's amazing now at that time that you were playing with him you're like oh this guy is gonna did you ever have that, like, oh, this guy's going to be something? Or are you like, oh, that, you know, that, that's um, that, that's guy who comes over and we, we jam and and you didn't you didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. No, it was it was a, such a shock. It was like right when Loser came out, it was like, like, boom, everything changed. And he we stopped. We kind of stopped being friends, you know, kind yeah. of bad in a way. But I've bumped into him. I actually bumped into him when I was working at McCabe. He came in during the holidays once to go shopping for his kids. And he was really nice. He was like, hey, Rachel. And I mean, it was it was sweet. He was really sweet. But we never remained. But we didn't have that friendship that we did 
back when we were, you know, in like early 90s when it was, it felt really special and and that kind of drifted the the bigger he got, which is fine, which is okay. It's not, I'm not blaming him. It's just that's, some, that's what happens. I, I think a lot of times when that happens, those people like a, a new kind of world takes over and people want all this stuff from you. And I think anytime someone gets a lot of fame, I think they are, are, are a lot of recognition. I think there's that moment where you, you feel like, like what the fuck or like, who's my friend or, uh, or what's going on. It's, it's, I think it becomes very confusing. It can be very confusing. Are, are you like, people are being nice to you that were never nice to you. And you're like, what? what? Yeah, I know. I know. I remember like record label people being total assholes to Beck. And then when he got signed and got famous, then I remember all these record labels, like just in awe of him and like, like bowing to his feet, you know, it was, it was kind of, kind of weird. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. I, it's, it's interesting how the, the scene is is like that um but you know i i always wonder I, I i just think music today is it's so like i just think we're in a weird time mhm we are definitely it's uh i feel like the robots are taking over or something i know it feels like like um the terminator or you know or like or like, um, like the robots are are ruling the world, and the humans are, you know, like dying. <laughs> well, Rachel, I want to say thank you so much for uh, being on my podcast. And is there anything you want to say before uh, you know we I stop the record button? Um, life is a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And, and the other thing is, uh, so everyone who's listening, if they want to listen to your music or if they want to, uh, you know, reach out or if there's any, you know, uh, what are your like, you know, today we have all these platforms. What, what is what is your platform or whatever? I, I I use Facebook a lot. So I'm on Facebook a lot and I'm pretty open with with people on there. And I also just ha I have a new website up called oh cool rachel hayden music.com yeah it's it's kind of brand new so it's still in the making but it's it's up and running now so you can reach me on facebook say hi <laughs> Woo! thank you rachel thank you for being on the podcast this is rachel's band that dog off their new LP called Old LP. Please pick it up and listen to it. This song is called Bird on a Wire. Enjoy and have a beautiful day and take care of yourself and take care of others. 